0: We are good to go
1: with more of the Matt Wire show coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Hour number two, the show off and running with you, staying connected to you because of CSpire, the number one network in Mississippi. CSpire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. I'm Matt Beavers here. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate you being a part of the show. If you're on the live stream there, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or X, you can comp- comment, type in a comment, hit submit. Pops up right here on the show, like this one from uh, G Bama Boy on the Murray West Live thread. He says, Hail State fans, are y'all rooting for Ole Miss to beat Georgia? <laughs> now, what do you think the answer is to that? Uh, I mean, like, why would – what would state fans' motivation be to root for Ole Miss to beat Georgia? It doesn't have any bearing on them, but I'm saying what would the motivation be? There's usually got to be some motivation, right? Just like, you know, there was motivation last week for Ole Miss to root for LSU against Alabama. Because you have the win – you have the loss to Alabama, you have the win over LSU <laughs> – yeah, no motivation to do that. But I you know, I'll be honest with you, there have been some Ole Miss teams in the past where they really look to me to have their act together. And this one has that look about it. Defense has seemed to get better, has gotten better for them throughout the year, seems like it. And you know, great quarterback, really good running back, good group of receivers, they're getting better. So they really seem to have their act together. And I've seen a lot of these Ole Miss teams over the years, even you know previous coaching staffs, so they seem to have their act together. And you think, look, I mean, they've never been to the SEC championship game. At some point, they're going to win the division. I mean, it's just a, it's a percentage chance thing. At some point, it's going to happen, right? Well, this team has their act together, and it's going to fall their way. And You know, if they go and have a good day offensively, they could do that. And I've said those things in the past, and it's like now – I still want to say those things in a game like this, and I even have. Sometimes this week looked at it and go, you know, I mean, it's at Georgia. If if Georgia were to, I don't know, turn the ball over a few times, Ole Miss has the offense that could get hot, maybe stay on the field and maybe pull it up. And then every time I've done that, it seems like in the past, they go and just get shut down. Same thing happened in Tuscaloosa this year. I even some of my old miss friends have said to me before, Matt, it's uncanny how, like, you talk, you say something positive about old miss and they go get beat every time. <laughs> and I'm just trying to lay it out there like it is. I don't know if it's an old miss thing or what. And, you know, maybe for me, it's, you know, I see their record, I see their scores. I've not seen every play of their games. So it's not like I'm sitting here evaluating them as a team. It's just, I see the results, I see the numbers. You go, oh, man, I, you look. They're a top 10 team, they're at a top-10 team. But after but after Jason texted the other day, and it got me to thinking, you know, and, and Jason's been spot on a lot of his analysis of these college football teams here recently. And he said, you know, this this Georgia team, it's gonna be like when Alabama played Ole this. This Georgia team is loaded and stacked on the line of scrimmage. And we can sit here and say about skilled players, but Georgia's linemen are just going to dominate Ole Miss on the line of scrimmage. And their depth is going to dominate. Well, that's kind of what Alabama did. And so my response to Jason when he sent that in earlier this week was, okay, if that happens, if we see another one of these games where this Ole Miss offense goes like they did to Tuscaloosa earlier, they go to Athens and they score 10 points, you know, and get beat 30 to 10, get whipped on the line of scrimmage, then, then you know what? I've been feeling like things are getting boring, and that will be the evidence that it is indeed boring. What do you mean, Matt? Well, it's not boring when you're watching your team play, or I guess it's not boring if you're an Alabama or Georgia fan. It's just it will just be another piece of evidence that, you know, I've been sitting here talking about how these two teams in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, their rosters are just separated from everybody else, especially on the line of scrimmage. You know, they're – entirety of their linemen, it, it's on one side of the Grand Canyon and the other teams, we're over here on the other side of the Grand Canyon. That's the gap. And it'll be evidence. that If that happens, it'll be evidence of that again. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have much real hard, sharp analysis of that Ole Miss-Georgia game going into it, predictions and that kind of thing. I, I'm just kind of interested to see how it's going to go. Because with that Ole Miss team – and, and even as good a team as they've had here recently under uh, Lane Kiffin. Th- there's just been one too many times when it looked they had their act together, like they're ready to go fire that shot that they just hadn't been able to fire in years past. You say it out loud, and then they go score 10 points and come back home with their tail tucked between their legs. I don't know. Maybe they'll play better against Georgia. You know, we'll see. Now... Here on YouTube, on the Murray West live thread, Will says, "Ole Miss might as well beat Georgia since I think the West is out of reach for them. Bama will beat Kentucky, and I think that locks up the West for them." Yeah, so, you know what is the math? So Ole Miss is five and one in the SEC, and their one loss is to Alabama, right? So and Alabama is six and zero oh in the SEC. So, by the numbers, am I correct, Well, Because Ole Miss ha- has a loss to Alabama, n- they have one loss, but it's a loss to Alabama, that means that Alabama is going to have to have two losses for Ole Miss to jump them. That Right? And you're saying if they beat Kentucky, that's it. You can't get two league lo- losses. Or they only have two league games left. So, right. I mean, according to the math, because there's no three-way tie that's going to happen in the west if Alabama only loses one game cuz LSU's up there but they got two losses if that makes any sense so i mean that's what you're looking at that it, they got to lose twice not likely now both Kentucky and Auburn are on the road for Alabama but after Alabama won that game this weekend so we came in here on Monday and i said like the first question i asked this week was is Alabama is this Alabama team the kind of team that would lose an unexpected game they're like the the kind of game they just simply have not lost under Nick Saban sure they've lost games they lost one last year at Tennessee sure they lost one one year to Texas A&M earlier in the year but Kentucky and a bad Auburn team <laughs> really i mean is this Alabama team that's going to lose one of those for the first time Because that's really what it's going to take to open this thing back up. Otherwise, it's locked up, and it's Alabama, and it's Georgia in that game. And here we are. See, here's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm not trying to come in here on a Thursday and pour water on any excitement that we have. I'm not trying to do that. What I'm doing is just kind of looking at it in terms of reality, okay, and... Sure, maybe I'm a little jaded because I'm a state guy. My team's bad this year, right? And they're just scratching. They got to pull off a miracle just to get to six wins, it seems like. But I don't, I'm I'm trying not to weigh that, let that be a factor in what I'm saying here. The reality is, we got three weeks of the regular season left. We already know who's in the title game. And it just happens to be the two teams that everybody knew was going to be in it before we started the season. And it just so happens to be. (laughs) the same teams that are in it pretty much every year. I know the occasional LSU last year they made it, got beat. A few years ago with Burrow, transcendent, okay, they won it. rest of the time, who is it? It's Alabama and Georgia. Alabama and Georgia. And Alabama and Georgia. And Alabama and Georgia. Again and again and again and over and over and over. And we knew it in August. We knew it in June. We knew it in July. And here it is November. And guess what? It's happening just like we knew it was going to happen. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't lack an appreciation for how good Alabama is. I don't lack some sort of appreciation for for what Nick Saban has been able to do. Never have a major dip. Even the greatest coaches at some points had major dip. He's never had that. What he's done is incredible. You can't even understand it. It's been that good. I have a great appreciation for. Georgia not only did they go out and you know assemble assemble the best roster that we may have ever seen over the last few years in college football but they've put it together on the field and built it around a former walk-on quarterback. They deserve credit for that. I mean that's incredible. It didn't just happen. Okay, I got great appreciation for all of it. But when I say boring When when you when you watch that Ole Miss team play, that's a really good Ole Miss team. And when you consider the fact that a lot of it is transfers of guys who weren't some of them were guys who weren't there last year. They've hit home runs in the portal. They've recruited well. They bring them in and get them assimilated and boom, that thing's ready to roll. They just fit them into the right slot and the machine keeps running. They're eight and one, five and one, beat LSU, you know, hanging on they went to Alabama, scored 10 points. And if they go to Georgia and put the same kind of performance out there this week, it's just going to you're going to sit back and go you will have no choice if you're being honest about it. And and again, I know it's different if you're an Alabama fan or a Georgia fan, it's a, it's a you got a different perspective on it. But what I'm saying is overall you'll have no choice if that happens to come back next week on Monday and go, "You know what?" As good as that Ole Miss team was, they're chasing second place, a distant second place from the word go anyway. No chance. It's like me running a 100-yard dash against Usain Bolt. No chance. (laughs) None. Two. The two teams that are in it, with three weeks left in the regular season, the teams that are in it, the teams we knew were going to be in it, the teams we expected to be in it, the teams that have been in it over and over and over and over and over. So, look, college football is not the NFL. The parody you have in the NFL is awesome. It drives a, a just monumental television rating and interest every year. The, college, the, the TV ratings for college football will never approach the NFL. Yeah, I said it. Look it up. It won't happen. And part of the reason is there's far too many people like me that don't even have to be all that intelligent, and we know the outcomes before they play the games. So in order to watch, it's got to be for something else. Entertainment? I got nothing else to watch? (laughs) I mean, or it's my team. Or, I don't know, we we drum up a month-long controversy about somebody like Jim Harbaugh about sign-stealing in Michigan. As if, like, if you watch media coverage you would believe that it's, one, a big deal and that a whole lot of people really care about this. Guess what in reality? It's neither. (laughs) The I'm telling you, away from your TV screen, stealing signs is not a big deal. And number two, very few people actually give a flip about that. But maybe if you drum up that controversy, we'll go click, 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 click and watch. I mean, I guess. And still even that drumming up controversy, tell the story, still won't get people to the college football table that the NFL does, and don't ever believe that it's for any other reason other than major parity. The Cleveland Browns have the number one total defense in the NFL this year. You know who's number two? The Dallas Dadgum Cowboys. You know who right now is in a playoff spot in the NFC? The New Orleans Saints. You don't get that in college football. You really haven't gotten that. They didn't design it to give you that. And boy, how do you ain't getting it? Again, answer the question why did they expand the playoff, the college football playoff, from four teams to 12? Why? You start looking at the answers to that question, the reality slaps us all in the face. So they did it because they have to. All right. Over to the phone line. <laughs> that was a little bit of a chase of rabbit talk. We'll get back in on some basketball stuff as well. Over to the Davinci Equipment phone line. Houston on line one. Thanks for calling, Houston. What's up?
2: Hey, hey Matt. Well, thanks for taking my call. And uh, I was really impressed with the basketball game last night. Uh, the good news is, is we didn't play very well, and we still won by about 15. Uh, yep. But, in, but anyway, I'm... I think that once we get, you know, some players that are a little bit, you know, we get them into rhythm, I think, we're really going to be dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, about your Georgia, uh, this is going to be my first gaslighting, I guess. As you know, I'm a big Mississippi State Bulldog fan, and, uh, and Ole Miss is having a great year, but I don't think they're as good as what what their record is. I think the teams that they're playing have been soft. Um, And most importantly, I think Georgia is going to put uh, a you-know-what kicking on them this weekend, I can guarantee you. Georgia feels disrespected, and thus they are going to uh, put a Kentucky-sized beatdown on them. Okay. I think it's going to be that bad.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, think it'll be that. And and Houston, have you? Are they going to play Brock Bowers, the tight end at Georgia? Have you heard anything on that? I hadn't heard anything.
2: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they play Brock. Brock if they played me or Brock Bowers, <laughs> they would still whip. Them. They would still whip them. Okay. Because Georgia is irritated. Okay. Georgia is very angry, and they will play very motivated.
1: Okay, got it.
2: And I'm not a Georgia fan. I'm just. I'm just saying we've been here before. We've been here before in 2017. They did the same thing. They did the same thing to us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, gotcha. I mean, it just yeah. You know, they may score. They may uh may score early, but Georgia will uh, Georgia will shut it down. Okay. Probably uh, they'll probably beat them around 41 to. Uh, 14 or something like
1: that. Okay, so they'll give up over 40 is what you're saying. And I'm looking so this year in their one loss Ole Miss gave up 24 points to Alabama. And that that really did seem to be kind of before Milrow and Alabama started really improving and and kind of figuring it out a little bit. Um, Gave up 49 to LSU in the win but scored 55. But you know, that's the other thing. Like They've had three of their last four games in the SEC against unranked teams that have been really close to their credit. You know, Ole Miss beat Arkansas by 7, 27-20. They beat Auburn by 7, 28-21. And then, of course, this past week they beat Texas A&M by 3, 38-35. So to their credit, they've won the close games. But, you know, they, they here recently anyway, they have, you wouldn't say they've been dominant, but they have figured out a way to win the games. Well. So
2: that's,
1: you gotta give them credit there. Sure, that's right. Yeah. Hey, Houston, I appreciate your call, man. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Call me anytime. Conversely, you know, and even some of the previous games, it, it doesn't always have an impact on this game that you think it would, but it, you know, it kind of gives you some background. Uh, Georgia um, Georgia had a ten point win over South Carolina, just like. Am I looking at the right team? Just like Ole Miss, Georgia had a seven-point win over Auburn. So there's one common opponent for Georgia and Ole Miss is Auburn, and both of them beat Auburn by seven points. And right about the same kind of game. They beat Auburn 27-20. Georgia put up 51 against Kentucky. Put up 37 at Vandy but gave up 20. Uh, put up 43 against Florida, and just beat Missouri 30-21. to 21. But, I mean, but Missouri went in there to Athens and put up 21 points on them. And that was another thing. Like, coming out of the weekend, I go, you know, if, if Missouri can go in there and move the ball and score 21, you know good and well that that old Miss offense can move the ball and score on this, on this Georgia team. You know good and well they can. You know, the other thing, too, is that, Here's Georgia going to host Ole Miss this week, and then they're going to turn around and go to Tennessee next week. So, it, it, you know, that would seem to favor Ole Miss a little bit to be sandwiched in there just before they go play Tennessee uh, on the road in that big game. But I don't know. I guess you know, uh, Houston, you you predict that that, that Georgia is going to really thump them. Uh, we've had a few other texts along the same lines that Georgia was going to mop the floor with them. Georgia's got a 23-point win over Florida at home, a 9-point win over Missouri at home, a 17-point win over Vandy on the road, a 30 win at home against Kentucky, beat them 51-30. That's the one game where they just absolutely rolled up and blown out an SEC opponent was Kentucky. They didn't embarrass really anybody. Yeah, I mean, 43-20 against Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I look at it. They got identical games against Auburn. They were both at Auburn. And it's identical games. You know, and again, I know Georgia's at home, uh, but they just got through giving up 21 to Missouri and beat them 30 21. And I look at like, I'm like, if, if Missouri can go in there and play them to a nine point game, it just on paper, it looks like to me that all Ole Miss has got to do is go in there and be themselves on offense and maybe create a turnover or two defensively. And now we got a ball game. You know, it's just. I can't talk myself into, just based on everything we've seen, believing it. (laughs) And that's why I kept saying if. If Georgia does to Ole Miss what Alabama did to them, then we're going to have that conversation on Monday that, look, this whole thing has just basically been an exercise in filling in the blanks of stuff we already knew. Maybe that won't be the case. we got to play the game first. All right, your texts, other stuff coming up. Right after this, I told you I got sound from these coaches and what they said in their press conferences this week, including Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, who's getting ready to play state, all of that. Let's do that next. Plus your text messages on the country, please, and text line. Stick around. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Um, Will has a comment about Alabama. He says there are two Bama teams that we've seen this year, anemic first half Bama and warrior elephant second half Bama. And warrior elephant Bama Web, W E B Warrior Elephant Alabama, is <laughs> something that ought to t- that ought to pick up steam. All right, Will, that's clever right there. <laughs> Anemic first half, Bama, and then Warrior Elephant, <laughs> second half, Bama. Uh, Gan cakes on the YouTube Murray West live thread. Contract embroidery company here in Mississippi. Wherever you are, they can handle your embroidery. Order and do it right and do it well. Check them out at MurrayWest.com. He says Matt, Chris Jans and Lane Kiffin have shown how significantly you can overhaul your team in one season with NIL and the portal. And it is true. It is true. You know, you get open season on uh, buying players and, or at least hiring them. That's kind of what you're doing. You know, in the whole NIL collective thing. Um, it's really not a marketing deal, but you can pay them to hire them to come in and and fill the gap and, and produce for you right away. And if you hit those home runs and evaluate well, because you have open transfer rules and because you can pay them, if you've got the resources and the connections and the ability to um, evaluate correctly, then you can bring them in and, and like you say, sort of, Then the fit has to happen, and if the fit does happen, then you got something, right? And really, let's be honest with it. Like, if if you... um, Those things combined don't turn fans off and, like, drive them away. What they do is they sort of loosen the strings of connection... That's what it is. You don't really know who's on the team. (laughs) From year to year, you're not really sure who is going to be on the team. And so to the people who do give a lot of money to their local collective that is then used to attract players and keep players, some of those people may feel like, man, you know, it's such a frivolous thing. I can give you all this money. You can even give it to the player, and he can still up and leave. A year later, we got no... Nothing to really, you know, no binding contract or anything to keep them here. You know, so then you just turn around trying to pay somebody else the next year. It can get really expensive really quick. And that is true, you know. You don't have uh, caps and contracts like in pro sports, and therefore the pro teams can sort of monitor it and manage it. Uh, You don't really. It's not quite the same thing. But. So so for those reasons like I think you have a good portion of fan bases that they go they go look I yeah I mean I'm still interested I, I may not go to as many games as I did but I'm still going go to go some and enjoy it you know it's entertainment but that whatever that thread of connection that used to be really strong and really tight that's just sort of loosens it uh, yeah whatever I, you know I don't even know how you, what word you use to describe that, but that maybe it's an emotional connection to a player by a fan base, whether you've spent a lot of personal time with them or not. You know, still, it's our player, that's our guy, that personal connection. That's just not really there anymore, and for whatever it's worth. And in terms of like on-campus sporting events, a lot of places around the country, if there are a few less people actually going to the campus. It probably does equate to during the regular season, a few more people clicking it on TV. But it's still a trade-off. It's not like steady growth for both. It's still a trade-off. You know, if you if you if we're being honest. But yeah, I mean, your point is correct. Yes, there's, there are some coaches that whether it's connections or experience or just an innate ability to evaluate players and really be able to shift and change with the times and make it work for you, I think they are. I mean, you look at State's basketball team last night. Without that big guy in the middle, that transfer from West Virginia, you know, and then the other transfer out there shooting threes who was at Howard College, without those two transfers, you don't win the game last night, do you? Probably not. Or if you do, it certainly doesn't look like it did. Read this text and then we're gonna get into some of the audio. Uh, Jason in Arizona says that he doesn't see Georgia embarrassing Ole Miss. He says, I just don't think Ole Miss will be able to get Georgia off the field enough to keep from getting behind or stay ahead. And he says, I hope I'm wrong. Now, this is Jason, a state fan. He hopes he's wrong. He says, It's been boring for me for a long time to the degree that I don't really follow the top anymore. He says, I told Jake yesterday that none of the top four to six play anyone until the playoffs. One truly tough game a year, if that, outside of random choke jobs for Ohio State or Georgia, et cetera. He says they're so far ahead of everyone else that they play annually. And that's what that's what the rules or lack thereof and, you know, lack of enforcement or lack of some sort of, you know, <laughs> standard that everybody play plays to in terms of filling your roster, and now with NIL it's even more so um, that that's what you have. And and we've said it here ad nauseum, you know, you got about four or five rosters that they are closer to an NFL roster than they are to some of the teams they're playing. And that's just the, that's just the reality of it. There's still some fun involved, in, and I can certainly tell you from a player standpoint, like those teams that are loaded with future NFLs, I'm going to go out here and try myself against them. And when this game's over, he may not know my name, but he's going to know my face. <laughs> Watch. You know, so you've got this competitive spirit that makes you want to get out there and play against them. But the reality is, you know, I mean, it's every week during the meat of the regular season, you'll see these top teams and they're 17 and 24 and 30 and 35-point lines on games. And it's just, ugh. If, if You can say it's not boring. You can have some of these media that are out here, rah-rah, pom-poms, cheering on, talking about how great college football is. It's never been stronger. And it's just a load of hogwash. All right, what they say. Let's go with Lane Kiffin first. Big game. Ole Miss, Georgia. Here's Lane talking about playing these teams with those much better rosters than the ones he's got.
3: I mean, We try. Uh, you know I think that we run a pretty unique offense that when it's working just like last week's game you know there's three three and outs and it doesn't work and then there's what five touchdowns and two attempted field goal drives so um, when that works and you get it going that neutralizes you know the super elite defensive talent when it doesn't it's not pretty so um that's done on purpose you only know, game here having that knowing that there are there are going to be games you know that you're going to play the best players in college football on the same roster and there's going to be especially in this conference on defense those games are going to happen so you better be very, you better have something creative and be very creative even within that week's game plan or it doesn't work I mean um wins a lot of games. So you got to find a way to neutralize that at times.
1: And and before mentioned, talking about what a great job that they've done with Transfer Portal and NIL at Ole Miss, here's Kiffin talking about how those guys come in and are able to bond together and then form a team quickly.
3: Well, I think that they've done a great job with that. I think we saw last year where we started well and then got in some harder games and, and didn't do as well because things didn't start going their way. And I think that's probably more the norm when you put so many kids together that came from different places and um you know i think this is probably more of an outlier that these guys who haven't been together hardly at all and a lot of the star players just got here um that they're overcoming diversity in games and um finding a way to win it says a lot about them i mean, just following up on what you said about needing creativity in games like this offensively—is that easier to put into practice with older guys, guys you would go into the transfer portal and get? Uh, maybe a little bit, but you still got to come up with them. And you know, you saw one in A and M where you know, you know, you're playing against elite defense. Okay, players. that
1: the first part was good, and the second part there is kind of the follow-up question, kind of boring. Here are some things on the Murray West live thread that I think are probably simultaneously true. See what you think. Bob says, "As fans, we cheer more for the uniform, not the specific player, more often." And and I do think that is really that is really true. I think really even at all levels, you know, there's a connection with the team, school, whatever. Maybe even more so than the individual players. Yes. Um, at the same time, Will says this. He said, on the flip side of what you're saying, Matt, fans will forge a quick emotional connection if the transfer players start winning. Then he says, but if they don't win, then there's less of an emotional connection to stick with that team if they struggle. And and that's it, too. And when I say, like, less of a connection, Will, here's what I'm saying. Whether that team's winning or not, you immediately like the guy. You get to know about him. You enjoy watching him if they're winning. The deal is, even during that, you really don't know if... If you're going to see him again next year, winning or not play well for you or not, it's always really just a one-year thing because all a guy's got to do is feel like he's got some leverage. And he says, Hey, I'm hitting the portal. If you don't pay me. And that's just kind of where it is. All right. Rolling along with you more coming. I'll let you hear what Kirby smart said about Ole Miss. We'll hear from Jimbo Fisher, a.k.a football boom hour coming up. Stick around.
0: We go. Hey, whether it's about winning the game the trip, really. or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here right now.
1: Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. On the Murray West live thread, Raleigh said, I've got to get a Matt Wyatt cap. That thing is awesome. Well, listen, though. (laughs) It looks like a Matt Wyatt cap because it's an M and a W together on a logo right in the front of it, but it really stands for Murray West. (laughs) I like wearing that and telling people that it stands for Matt Wyatt. Okay, I kind of wish I had a thought of it first. The M and the W though, that M W logo belongs to fine folks at Murray West Contract Embroidery Company right here in Mississippi. Now you can get Murray West caps. You want one of those? You can get one. Look them up online. They got a store and everything. Murraywest.com, M U R R Y West.com, and if you haven't already, Raleigh, follow them on Instagram. It's at Murray West Official. And you'll see it there. Now I said this earlier. You know, if you're an Alabama, Georgia fan, you got a different perspective on this thing. It's not boring for you, but it's boring for everybody else. Like for those of us, like I used to really like it. <laughs> all the other teams and all the other games, and it's getting harder and harder to like it because it's getting harder and harder to, you know, see them have a challenge. <clears throat> but Uncle Frank texts the show on the country pleasing text line. And he said, I promise you that from this Georgia fan, it's not boring winning championships to back-to-back after 42 years without one. Yeah, you know, 42 years are a pretty long stretch. But here's a question for you, Frank. What was more of an accomplishment? Winning them now or when you won that one 42 years ago in 1980? Was it 80 or 81? I can't remember. I think it was 80. See, I would argue that it was it was uh, more of an accomplishment back then because the gap from the top teams to the mid was a much closer, tighter gap back then than it is now. Maybe I'm wrong though. I was just a little bitty kid when all that happened. Oh, and yeah, Jimmy Jimmy brings this up on YouTube. He said, uh, I've said it before, that Natchez Trace hat is just awesome, and it is. Okay, that Natchez Trace logo. Because that's the type of thing that they do at Murray West, which is not, you know, threaded embroidery through the the machine that sews that in there. It's a different type of patch that is like stamped, glued, and then sewn onto the hat. Like, and it's kind of a rubberized material, similar to the leather patches, but different type of material. And it really is neat. <clears throat> I love that hat, and it's, you know. Uh, What I appreciate about it is the hats I've gotten from them, they fit good. Like this one I got from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. It's got the state script across the front. It's another reason I wear it a lot is because it just fits right. Like it was almost made for – like somebody started making hats that understood the shapes of heads (laughs) as opposed to the old school stuff. Like when we were kids playing Little League and they'd give us a hat – and it would sit, it'd sit up on your head like this, you know? <laughs> Thank goodness we're past all that, unless you're just going for that look. All right. more sound from coaches. Here we go. Kirby Smart, head coach Georgia, on playing this oldness offense.
0: Well, I think Lane's quarterbacks take on a personality from him, and they have a lot of moxie. They have a lot of uh, talent. They, uh, they, they play really hard. They play with reckless abandon for their body. And uh, he runs like a running back. He's taken some, some hits this year and shown his toughness. So he's not going to shy away from contact and toughness. And uh, he's the extra element of run that gives them a competitive advantage over a lot of teams you play. Because they, now they have great backs, but he, he runs the ball like a back. And uh, he throws the ball really well, too, which that's what makes him really hard to defend when you got a guy that can make all the throws but can also take off and run. And uh, he's proven the ability to do that.
1: He sure has. And I'm telling you, okay, um, I, I'm telling you, it, it was interesting coming out of last year and I saw, I got to see Jackson Dart play in the Egg Bowl. And, and y'all that listen Regularly, you know, I'm not making this up just because it would be, it would make me sound like I was right about something now, but saw him in person in the Egg Bowl. No, they didn't win the game, but it was at a time where they were in the midst of that losing stretch towards the back half of the season. Their schedule got to, they were red hot early, schedule got tougher. They lost a couple of games, tough game against Arkansas, lose the Egg Bowl. And everybody seemed to be on his case, especially Ole Miss fans. They were on Jackson Dart's case. Well, I go, there we see him in person for the first time. I'm like, man, he is thick. He runs really well. Ball just jumps out of his arm. Easy arm strength, made made throws. He's tough. Contact didn't bother him one bit. And then, you know, the end of the game, some of the clutch things he did in that egg bowl. Uh, the fourth down they had to have, you know, after the fumble on the goal line. State's about to go up and put the game away, and, then, and you fumble on the goal line. They have a chance now. Well, here they go on this drive. They had a fourth down at midfield, which is a do-or-die play, and it was a tough play, super-duper man coverage with no safeties. Here they come after him and zips it in there as he's getting hit, and it's a perfect throw on a play you had to have, made all those plays. I was just impressed with him. I thought, man, you know, shoot. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of teams that would love to have that cat uh, under center, and then he wins the job again and has just gotten better and better. Uh, you know, you're not surprised to hear other coaches talk about it. Here's Kirby Smart this week talking about Brock Bowers.
0: He's been great. Uh, he's done everything we've asked. He he ran on uh, Friday, uh, did a good workout, uh, had Saturday off, obviously, and continues to work and uh, going to do all he can to to try to get back as fast as he, get back as fast as he can.
1: All right, State is going to College Station, Jimbo Fisher aka football boomhauer here's jimbo talking about the mississippi state offense
4: it's it, it's they're trying to rush the ball i mean they're trying to run it uh, more traditionally with zones and their is a big play in their counters i mean you know a lot of a lot more diversity in their run game from power runs to counter runs to stretch runs inside zone runs and then their cheat runs. I call their cheats when they're bringing the motions and trying to get the skill guys the ball outside. And then is there any challenge when you don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be, especially oh, no with, doubt. with right now being benched last week? I mean, the amount of time, with the amount of time you have to prepare, you say, well, you can prepare for two of them. Well, how do you do that? I mean, that's hard, man. I mean, that's hard. You do it, but you don't get as many reps or looks or feel for what you have. And also, you know, you judge what a guy does on film, you get a feel for him on. You know certain pressures of how you pressure what he wants to do and all those things matter man it's 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 kind of going in blind
1: here's jimbo on his coaching counterpart zach arnett uh it
4: depends if if it was the first game or two he's got you know eight nine games under his belt you kind of see where they're at because you know everybody's team's going to be the same and and he's a defensive guy so you know what they're going to do defensively they've changed offensively a little bit there's there's uh, philosophy offensively and system offensively is not the same as it was under Mike. So, but we've had eight or nine games, so you know that. And but there's always things you're not going to know about a guy until he coaches a couple years, probably.
1: Interesting. I don't know what the question was. That's was an interesting answer. Kind of confusing to figure out what the question was. Uh, here's Jimbo talking about his team feels like the Aggies are still on the right path.
4: Well, I mean, I, because I think we have the talent too. And I think the kids have the heart. Too. I mean, you saw in that game, I mean, there, there's no, whether we're 10 or 11, the guys aren't backing off of it. I mean, they're still competing and being right there at one play. And as long as you're, you're that close in that way, and, they're, and they're, the look in their eyes, you can get there. And we just got to keep coaching them and finding those positions and stay healthy at the right position and get the ball with the right guy at the right time or get the right guy on defense free at the right time and, and make that play. I, I, you watch us play and how physical we play and how hard we play. I, I think there's and our opponents, when they get done with the game. I mean, they're fortunate, and they'll tell you. I mean, they knew we had a good team, and it was played really well. We just got to find a way. And once you do it, I've been there, and you build slowly, and you, you've went down and built back up. And once you get over that hump and the guys can feel that, I think they'll take off, and I think we'll build it and do it.
1: Second row, Yeah, David. man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man. You just go on there and point and click. get
4: yeah, in there and talk about www.wcom. And you got on there, man. You go click, 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 click. It's real easy. Man.
1: It is crazy how similar – the speech pattern is for Jimbo to Boomhauer. It's crazy how similar it is. You have to admit that. (laughs) It's really similar. I mean, it's like it's the cartoon version, which is amped up and amplified and exaggerated of what he is in real life, the way he talks. It is. And I mean, we should think that, right? Because Mike Judge based those characters on real people anyhow. All right. <laughs> Jason texted the show talking about an old miss last year. He said, wait, Jackson Dart wasn't the problem either for them? Yep. You're right. Uh, Chuck on the Murray West live thread said, here's hoping for three in a row versus the Aggies. Yeah, just beat them like a drum last year in Stark. Yeah, in Starfly. I mean, just special team scores, couldn't stop state's offense. Forbes had, what, two interceptions? One, two, something in the game? I mean, State just whipped them last year. And then the year before was 21. Right, and it was out there. And it was a heck of a game, a a closer game, kind of back and forth. But that's when A&M had Zach Calzada as their quarterback after he had beaten Alabama in there. And State went in there and just executed that air raid offense beautifully all night long i mean the one-on-one throws when they had them the underneath when they had them they couldn't get to will rogers he was hot that night and that's why i mean you go back and watch the last time you won over there state executed the offense so well for four quarters they hadn't done anything like that this year but gotta start somewhere right chuck That's exactly right. All right. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow. See you.